Well, the running back position has been pretty controversial over the last 24 hours. We talk about J.K. Dobbins and his contract status and if he'll potentially hold out in training camp. We'll have more coming up next year on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens. Why we are here on Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here. As always, making us your first listen every day on Locked On Ravens. We're free and available all podcasting platforms, including in video form on YouTube. If you're an everyday or here, you listen to the show every single day. I appreciate that, and thank you for tuning in. If this is your first time, welcome in. To the show. I hope you enjoy the content we provide here. Whether you're watching this one, you want to go to another one, we have a ton of shows. And if you're somewhere in the middle between an everyday or a first time listener, I appreciate your support here. Five days a week, Ravens content Monday through Friday, never missing a weekday on Locked On Ravens. So be sure to tell a friend, tell a family member if, if you have anybody who's interested in Ravens content, if they're a fan or maybe a fan of an opposing team. But we have lots to dive into today, as always, is we're getting into the full training camp vibe. Jerky's report today, so that's very exciting. Obviously, full team training camp is next week, but we're, we're hitting milestones. And, and this is another one here today. So in the second part of the show, we will be doing a rookie check-in in honor of the rookie report in the camp. But in the first part of the show, I want to talk about J.K. Dobbins and his whole situation. And I know we talked about it about, what is it, about a month ago now? It seems like it was so long ago. But Dobbins, you know, by all accounts, was holding in from Ravens training camp. Now, I don't think that was actually confirmed confirmed but i think we can you know we can put two and two together and see that it was most likely a hold in him not being happy with his contract situation the tweets and whatnot and in you know not in honor of because it wasn't really a great day for running backs but because of the fact that both saquon barkley and josh jacobs did not get long-term extensions by the franchise tag extension deadline a lot of running backs took to twitter and expressed their displeasure, and we'll talk about what J.K. Dobbins had to say. He didn't really say anything. He retweeted those messages, but we'll talk about if J.K. Dobbins, if it is a hold, then is that going to continue in the training camp for him and what that will mean for the Ravens? Then finally, we'll talk a bit about John Harbaugh's coaching style, how it has changed over the years, and if it is the right coaching style for what this Ravens team is and what this Ravens team needs in 2023. So, all right, <laughs> I explained the show. Let, let's get into the juicy part of the show here. Let's first talk about J.K. Dobbins. Now, again, as I, as I just said, both Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs did not get long-term extensions by the franchise tag extension deadline. That was yesterday, 4 p.m., so not nothing doing for both. Now, there have been reports that, you know, the, the Raiders and Josh Jacobs were really close, and, and Saquon Barkley and, and, and the Giants were really close, but you know, close but no cigar does not cut it for, for these deals here for the players getting money. And Saquon posted a cryptic tweet and a bunch of running backs posted pretty intense messages. And J.K. Dobbins retweeted a lot of those messages. I, I have the retweets up right here. So, you know, Austin Eckler has been very vocal about the running back position. And, you know, Jonathan Taylor took to Twitter as well. Derek Henry, Christian McCaffrey. I'll, I'll go in order of the way they were retweeted by J.K. Dobbins. Jonathan Taylor said, one, if you're good enough, they'll find you. Two, if you work hard enough, you'll succeed. If you succeed, you'll boost the organization. And then doesn't matter 
your running back. JK retweeted that one. Also retweeted Derrick Henry saying at this point, just take the running back position out of the game. Then the ones that want to be great and work as hard as they can give their all to an organization just seems like it doesn't even matter. I'm with every running back that's fighting to get what they deserve. Christian McCaffrey, JK, retweeted this one. This is criminal. Three of the best players in the entire league, regardless of the position. Also, Tony Pollard did not get an extension. And then Austin Eckler saying this is the kind of trash that is artificially devalued one of the most important positions in the game. Everyone knows it's tough to win without a top running back, and yet they act like we are discardable widgets. I support any running back doing what it takes to get his bag. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of controversy surrounding the running back position right now. I mean, this the the tweet that a lot of these players are responding to was Matt Miller saying, you know, Matt Miller said, been saying it for years, draft a running back, play the running back if he's good, franchise tag the running back one time, and then draft a running back again. So it, it's it's the cycle of essentially getting these, these running backs on super cheap rookie contracts, and then if they're good, you can franchise tag them, and then you, you just kick them to the curb, and, and that's what people are saying where the, the state of the running back position is in such a bad place right now, where for a player like JK Dobbins, who is in such an, it's honestly an interesting spot because we know he's so good when he's on the field, but that's the thing. He hasn't really been on the field a ton. He had a great rookie season in 2020, but obviously missed all 2021 with the torn ACL. And then came back in 2022. Had to have a cleanup surgery. Didn't look like, 100% fully healthy J.K. Dobbins, but showed the flashes we had seen during his rookie season. This is a guy who would average six yards per carry during his rookie year, has had limited attempts, you know, hasn't had, well, actually has had one game over 15 carries in his entire career. But for a player like that, if, if Dobbins gets injured again this season or doesn't get the workload and teams are kind of hesitant with already the position right now, you know, Dalvin Cook's still a free agent. A lot of teams, you know, what are the, what are all these running backs going to get? Well, what what is the contract J.K. Dobbins wants? I don't think that he, right with the position being what it is, I think running backs deserve to be paid. I've been on that train, but you know, being realistic with the position and where it is right now, I don't think J.K. Dobbins is probably going to get the deal that he is looking for because even historically, the Ravens don't necessarily pay running backs. And now with this presumed holding that happened during mandatory minicamp. Now the question becomes, Kadri Ismail and I talked about this when it first happened, and, and Q made a great point. He said, how long or how much is J.K. Dobbins willing to, to drag this out? How, how willing is J.K. Dobbins to go all the way with this? Is he going to hold out in the training camp into the regular season to make a point and to get the contract he wants at this point? Or was this, or was this just kind of like, a, oh, well, I'm, I'm going to hold in during mandatory minicamp, if that's what it was, and then come back for training camp? And that's that. That that's one of the most intriguing storylines to me, and it's going to be answered pretty quickly. But if he ends up holding out or holding in the training camp, it creates, I think, a very interesting dynamic for what the Ravens and J.K. Dobbins and that relationship is. J.K. Dobbins posted those tweets saying he loves the Ravens organization, he loves the city, the fans, etc. Wants to stay with the Ravens for his entire career, but. Again, I feel like J.K. Dobbins. I I expect him to have a great year. Obviously, health permitting, and hopefully that happens. Right now, I don't think his value is as, is as, as high as it could be at the end of the season if he has a great season. Now, I, I understand getting the guaranteed money now. You know, if, if he gets injured again or has a bad season, maybe his contract won't be as good as what he could get now. But I just, I don't know. The Ravens don't historically pay running backs at least a good amount of money. I think Dobbins could stay in Baltimore if there's a way that he could maybe take 
less than what he thinks he deserves. And and that's unfortunate with the way the position is right now. I, I don't think he will hold out in the training camp personally. I just, I, I think that he wants to play football. He's competitive. He wants to win. He wants to be a part of a team that wins and contributes to that. But I also understand that, Look, Dobbins, much like other running backs, other NFL players, has to look out for his well-being, his family's well-being, and get paid what he believes he deserves and not just kind of bend the knee to, you know, what the NFL has made his position, which I do think is unfortunate. I've, I've made this comparison multiple times where it feels like, like I, I go back to Mark Ingram is what I near. If you're an everyday, you've heard this story before. So <laughs> I appreciate you sticking with me with it. But Mark Ingram, when, when he signed with the Ravens in 2019, the whole debate about the position was, oh, well, you know, 30-year-old running back, you know, that's the shelf life you get rid of him then. Seems like that age, that 30-year-old shelf life has gone down. It's decreased. So, oh, 29 now. Oh, 28, 27, 26. It just, it just feels like teams are going through that cycle and just completely devalued the position. And it is essentially, I think, robbed players, robbed really good NFL players, of money just because they play a certain position. And look, I will not downplay the fact that, you know, teams that have won the Super Bowl with running backs have not necessarily had these big money running backs on there. I mean, the Chiefs just this past season went with Isaiah Pacheco as their starter, who was a seventh round pick for him, a seventh round rookie. You know, there there are all these different examples. There, there's a huge chart where there just has not been a lot of big money running backs who have won the Super Bowl, at least recently. So I, I feel like J.K. Dobbins is not just going to necessarily, you know, his contract desires will go away once training camp starts, but I do think he'll be on the field for them if he's not. I, I mean, it's a big loss for the Ravens. I mean, Gus Edwards becomes their number one, Justice Hilton number two, Keaton Mitchell number three. But, you know, we'll kind of see what the dynamic is. Maybe if he talks to the media, we'll, we'll see how he's feeling, how he chooses to answer. He'll be asked questions about it. So uh, we'll, we'll see how it is. But at this point, maybe things will change by the time that training camp rolls around next week. Well, full training camp rolls around next week. But for now, uh, I would expect J.K. Dobbins to report. But coming up in the second part of the show, we'll talk about the players who are reporting today. Doing a little rookie check-in, a rookie preview in honor of the rookies reporting. So be sure to stay tuned. Plenty to talk about on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. And take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets. That's, that's $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose. The, the Orioles are on fire right now. And so if you want to bet on on Baltimore baseball, Adley Rutschman, you know, there's a lot of exciting prospect call-ups. Do that over at FanDuel. You know, you get $200 you can spend betting on everything from money line to the over-under to who you think is going to have the first home run in a game that could be Adley Rushman. That's all and have the safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on all the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. You have $200 in bonus bets. That's a FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel official partner in Major League Baseball. We are back, our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still here with you on this Taco Tuesday. I appreciate everybody who is listening, and, and I'm excited because I especially appreciate everybody who has tuned in, stayed with me during the lull period of the offseason, as I called it. But as I said in the first part of the show, introducing the show, and obviously before we went to break, 
rookies report today. And, and that's a big step in the training camp process in the process to get to the regular season. And we're going to get rewarded with football really, really soon. And it's exciting because the Ravens, I think put together a very solid rookie class. Now it's, it's not like the last couple of seasons where it was, they had 11 draft picks, they had 10 draft picks and they were just churning out. There were so many rookies, so many draft picks, but this year it was only six guys. Now, there, there was a lot about, oh, well, the Ravens are probably going to trade back, accumulate more picks, like maybe trade one of their mid-round selections. We talked a lot about first-round trade-back scenarios where they would maybe trade back in the second round because they obviously required, required Roquan Smith for that second-round pick and that fifth-round pick, which, you know, Roquan Smith, it was my favorite tweet, whereas Roquan is our second-round pick is what the Ravens tweeted out, and I, I loved that. It was a pretty good one, by the way. But the Ravens getting Zay Flowers in the first round at number 22. They draft Trenton Simpson in the third round. Then you got guys like Tavius Robinson, Kyle Blue Kelly, Sala from Oregon, and also Andrew Voorhees. Pretty pr- pretty solid overall. Now, this is a weird draft class, not, not in the fact that the players aren't good because I think they have a lot of potential here, but it's a different dynamic, I would say. Where Zay Flowers, I've talked about this by far and away, is going to be the guy that contributes the most out of that six-player class. At least that's what I think. He, he's going to be very, very involved in the offense with Todd Munkin coming in. There, There's more of an ability, I would say, for the Ravens to run three wide receiver sets. You can put Mark Andrews out there. You can run four wide if you want to with four wide receivers. But th- there's just so many situations where Zay Flowers being this team's, I'd call him the number three right now behind Otto Beckham and Rashad Bateman. And we talked about who who's wide receiver one on this team a couple of shows ago. So if you want to check that out, I highly recommend looking back at some old episodes of, of ours here on Locked on Ravens. But Flowers is a number three. It's going to get a lot of snaps. I'd say going to get a pretty substantial workload. And I think will be in the conversation for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I, I, I would definitely put him in that conversation. Does he actually win it? I don't know. Maybe not. You know, that that award, I would assume it would go to maybe one of the quarterbacks if they have a a good season. But maybe a guy like Zay Flowers or Jackson Smith and Jigba, Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison, maybe one of those guys. I'd probably be John Robinson to win it, in all honesty. But we'll see. I think he will be in that conversation. Zay Flowers will. But then after that, I think Zay Flowers, I think, is NFL ready. He's ready to contribute now. He's someone who had a lot of success at Boston College, but I think for guys like Trenton Simpson, Tavius Robinson, you know, Andrew Voorhees probably isn't going to play this season because of the ACL he suffered. But a lot of the other Ravens draft picks are raw prospects in the way that they're going to have, I think, pretty good NFL careers. And, you know, not every player, right? I think every team hits and every team misses, you know. I like the Ravens draft class a lot, but I think it's unrealistic for any team to think that every single player is going to be an all pro, right? That's pretty unrealistic. But I think the traits that a lot of these guys have, they can be coached up, but it might not be a this year thing. Like Tavius Robinson, I wouldn't expect contributions from him for a couple of seasons. Maybe a guy like a Trenton Simpson, depending on what the Ravens view his role as, if, if he's a backup inside linebacker to them, well, maybe like if he is an inside linebacker, He's playing behind Roquan Smith and Patrick Queen, and he's such a versatile piece. You can put him on the edge, put him you know, deep, put him on the line. You can do so much with him. So that is just a matter of figuring out where he actually fits on the Ravens' defense, and that could take them a year or two. I, I don't know. A guy like Salah, who very tr- he's a traitsy guy, has a lot of traits, but I didn't think was going to be in the conversation, is now in the conversation to start at left, if left guard. So we'll see. We'll see if he actually starts there. 
And then Kai Blue Kelly, I feel like, and I've said this, if you're an everyday, you know it. I think Kai Blue Kelly is going to have the second biggest impact from the Ravens rookie draft class in 2023, just because, you know, four-year guy, two-year starter at Stanford, all around the football and, and fits the physicality mold that the Ravens cornerback room has and the Ravens secondary has. Now, undrafted guys, there are a couple guys to be excited about, as I've talked about before. Dante Demas is my current favorite for the 6'5 receiver spot, has that 6'4 frame and the skill set. I just, I just think the Ravens, they don't have that tall red zone jump ability wide receiver. Now, you know Mark Andrews can do it. You know, you know Isaiah likely can do it. And, you know, I'm not saying that players like Odell and Rashad Bateman and Zay Flowers and all those guys can't win contested catch situations, but they're not 6'4", right? I think Dante Dimas plays bigger than Miles Boykin. And I'm talking about Miles Boykin because he was a 6'3", 6'4", guy that played like he was like six foot five eleven, and it just didn't work out. Dimas goes up there, catches the football, keep coming off, you know, an injury at Maryland. So that's something to monitor. But I still think that he is my favorite, and he's one of my undrafted gems that I think the Ravens are going to uncover here, and I think they already have uncovered. And hopefully they'll have a good preseason in training camp. Also, Keaton Mitchell, someone I briefly mentioned earlier in the show. I, I love Keaton Mitchell personally, somebody who has incredible speed, and, you know, it's a skill set change. Again, J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, even Justice Hill, great running backs, but they don't have that, like, game-breaking speed. Keaton Mitchell, very successful at ECU. I'm, I'm really excited for what he can bring to the table here. So I think his rookie's report today, it, it's a step in, in a direction of excitement for the Ravens. But again, it's, it's not like the Ravens have 10 or 11 rookies coming in this season. There are still so many other players who can contribute veteran-wise. Where I think this, this is a much more, I, I don't know if mature is the right word, because I don't think they were immature before, even with the rookies. But now you're getting classes, like these 10 pick classes, 11 pick classes. They're now in year two and year three, and that is a, a huge experience jump for them. So I'm not expecting too much production-wise this season for the rookie class. Again, I think Zay Flowers is going to have a great year. Kaya Blue Kelly, I think, will get some snaps in. But look, injuries happen, so maybe Trent Simpson has to step up. Maybe Tavius Robinson does. You know, we'll, we'll see. But I do think that for what the Ravens have right now, they don't necessarily need the rookie class to contribute a ton because of what I just talked about with the veteran leadership, the depth of the positions. They didn't need to draft so many rookies this year because they've already done it, first of all, and that depth that they've accumulated through the draft, trade, free agency. You know, one or two guys, yeah, sure, you need that from rookie class this year if you're the Ravens, but all six guys don't have to be thrust into starting rules right now, and they they are the reasons they're going to win or lose the Super Bowl. That's not what it is whatsoever, and and that to me is a good thing. That is absolutely a good thing for this for a team that I think is going to be in contention and, and one of the top contenders in a very loaded AFC conference that you know got stronger with DeAndre Hopkins. And we talked yesterday about how the Ravens actually had a hand in DeAndre Hopkins not going to Kansas City. They they weak the Ravens essentially weakened other contenders by, by signing Odo Beckham Jr. But the Titans, they're more of a contender than they were last week. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But Baltimore's rookies reporting to training camp. And oh, it's exciting. It's so exciting for this team. But coming up in the final part of the show, we'll talk about John Harbaugh's coaching style a little bit, if it's the right fit for this team and how it's evolved. Over the years, so be sure to stay tuned. A lot to talk about on Lockdown Ravens. We're back here rounding out a Taco Tuesday edition 
of the show. Again, thank you so much for being here. You can subscribe for free, no money involved here, no, no paying for anything. You get it for free in video form and for free in audio form. It's the same show, both audio and video. So if you want to listen on the way to work one day, and then maybe the next day you want to watch in you know video form, see my face, my background. In the background, you know it's a work in progress. We're actually going to be changing it up a little bit over the next couple of weeks. I don't know when it's going to change, but it will change before the season starts. So be on the lookout for that. Let's talk about John Harbaugh a little bit. The reason that I bring it up is because there was a, a story about John Harbaugh that surfaced in Yuri, who you know I've, I've talked to before. He, he's a great guy. He's had me on his show, and you know, very, very in tune with the Ravens. Yuri ended up sharing a post from a podcast. I can't, I can't remember what the show is called or the podcast was called, but Daniel Brown, who played wide receiver and tight end for the Ravens went on this podcast and, you know, shared a very intense story about John Harbaugh back when Daniel Brown was with the Ravens. And essentially, you know, I'm going to try to tell it as best as I can, but essentially John Harbaugh got extremely mad, like extremely, extremely mad at Daniel Brown for doing a special teams drill at half speed. When Jerry Rosberg, who was the special teams coordinator at the time, essentially asked the guys who were running the five do the drill at half speed. So John Harbaugh essentially kicks him out of the practice, curses him out in front of the team, blows, blows the whistle to stop practice and all this and that and the other. And then Jerry Rosberg, you know, Daniel Brown asked Jerry Rosberg to go over there and explain, hey, you know, he got John Harbaugh got mad at me for this and he told me to do it this way. So Rosberg went over, he explained it, and then I guess Harbaugh pulled Daniel Brown aside before a team meeting and said, hey, look, I'm not going to apologize to you because you don't deserve it, but you know, I shouldn't have said the F word, which essentially is what John Harbaugh said. And, you know, apparently John Harbaugh said, you're soft. You're never going to play in this league again, et cetera, et cetera. And assuming all those details are true, again, we don't know. This is Daniel Brown's side of the story. We have not heard John Harbaugh's. But assuming those details are true, you know, Garnett West, who, again, another guy who's very plugged in, you know, I've had many positive interactions and you know, I'm a huge Garnett guy. Ended up saying, well, you know, this is the stuff you don't really know. It's the behind the scenes stuff you don't really know about players, coaches, and kind of what goes on in, in a day-to-day league in the NFL, which is ever so changing. And so it, it kind of prompted me to make this segment and, and talk about it in this segment about how John Harbaugh's coaching style essentially has changed. Because we know, we know when John Harbaugh came in the league, well, came to an NFL coaching job in 2008 with the Ravens, his style back then is so vastly different than what it is now. Daniel Brown was a seven-year vet in the NFL, played with the Ravens for a couple of seasons. But back in John Harbaugh's early coaching days, he was not a player's coach. If if you remember, you know, there were multiple players' meetings, you know, and they had to put John Harbaugh in a room, essentially. And and all the details of that, I don't think have to be reported or have been reported. But, I, I, you know, they had to have a couple of interventions. And it, it wasn't, you know... Bernard Pollard has spoken out. Other guys have spoken out. I know there might be a, a bit of, you know, a weird tension point with Ed Reed or two back in the day. But John Harbaugh was not a player's coach whatsoever in his early days. And the fact that he has kind of shifted and shaped his coaching style to be, you know, he he loves Lamar. You know, we see the 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 post, which not that he didn't love Joe Flacco, first of all, but we, we see the post of the interaction with him and J.K. Dobbins early on when Dobbins fumbled and then, J, you know, J.K. went up, took responsibility and John Harbaugh said, you know, don't worry about it. You know, and you have a big heart in there and it's ticking and everything. John Harbaugh has changed his coaching style. And I, and I think it is what this team needs right now. The Ravens are they're, they're in a situation where I talked about the veteran aspect of things in the second part of the show. 
they, they have those veterans, right? I think they've lost a, a bit of leadership. In fact, a lot of leadership with both Clays Campbell and Chuck Clark leaving in both for agency or trade, but they, they have enough veteran leadership. Guys have been maturing to where John Harbaugh doesn't have to be this like tough cookie head coach type of guy. Now there was still an edge to John Harbaugh. He is still very passionate, but it's interesting because I think that John Harbaugh's coaching style is fine for where this Ravens team is right now. If, if this was maybe a younger team, John Harbaugh, I think the way that John Harbaugh was back then, I don't think would be as good for a younger team at this point. I think John Harbaugh was in a situation where even with veterans, it was a little weird because the, the, the clash of styles where the players had the leaders, but John Harbaugh had his own way of doing things. And if John Harbaugh's style didn't line up with the players way of doing things, I think it caused some tension points early on, but now it feels like John Harbaugh is, a lot more adaptable and not adaptable enough to the point where he'll let anything slide. No coach should be that adaptable. I'll tell you that. But the way that John Harbaugh's season is setting up right now, something I've talked about before, and I'm, I'm going to do an episode on it, like a, a more in-depth one, not just kind of talking about it in a segment here and a segment there. But I think this, this is a make or break season for John Harbaugh. And so we might see, you know, a, a more intense John Harbaugh this year. We might see somebody who is is a more determined. Not that he wasn't determined in the first place, but someone who I think really you can you can see the passion oozing out. Again, not that we haven't seen that before. I'm not trying to say we haven't, but this is a big year because again, the point I've made, and if you're an everyday, you know this, is the Ravens have fired both of their coordinators in back-to-back seasons. It was Don Martindale last offseason, Greg Roman this offseason. So, I mean, what's next? Are you going to fire Mike McDonald after two years? Are you going to fire Todd Munkin after one year? If the Ravens have a bad season and it's not health-related, wh- where do they go? You know, they're not going to make a change of quarterback. They just signed Lamar to a five-year mega deal. You know, wh- where is that next change? I-, I don't know. Again, and I'll say it, John Harbaugh, if he, if he got let go by the Ravens, there would be 10, 15 teams lining up out the door. Out the door for John Harbaugh's services. I, I, I Look, I've been a John Harbaugh guy for a long time, and I still am a John Harbaugh guy today. But I think it is safe to say that there would be serious conversations about maybe just needing some type of a coaching change unless you're planning on firing the special teams coordinator. Because, look, no one is immune to blame. No one is. You know, I, Ravens fans, the Ravens, that you know, blaming Greg Roman. That was the thing that happened. Greg Roman is gone. There is no longer that, oh, well, Everything's Greg Roman's fault. Well, what what's going to happen when Greg Roman gets fired? We're never going to know because he's always going to be here. Nope, Greg Roman's out. Greg Roman's gone. So who's who's the next guy, right? Who, who does the responsibility fall on? The head coach is the most responsible out of all the coaches. Now, what Greg Roman had his responsibilities for why the Ravens have not been, you know, successful. I wouldn't say successful. The Ravens have been a, they've been a fine regular season team, right? But the fact is the playoff success ever since, Winning the Super Bowl back in 2012-2013 has not been up to the standard that so many in Baltimore have been accustomed to and nowhere near what John Harbaugh accomplished early on. So I think John Harbaugh is still a very capable head coach. His coaching style, I think, is it's fine for what the Ravens need right now. I'm not saying that, oh, well, all of a sudden, John Harbaugh is not a fit for the team because they've made so many changes. I think he did a great job this year of establishing and assembling his coaching staff to the offense and the defense about just shifting guys around, hiring the right people. And he's somebody who has changed his coaching style around. And I think we've seen more of the, uh, 
I don't know, the fun-loving side, I guess, to John Harbaugh's personality, where early on I just we just didn't see it enough. We didn't see it a lot. John Harbaugh was, you know, a, a young coach trying to find his way. Definitely did that with him in the Super Bowl, I'll tell you that much. But I think this year, it, it's a big year, not only for the Ravens, but possibly for John Harbaugh. And I remember, right, we all remember, hopefully, when Lamar Jackson came in and essentially saved John Harbaugh's job in 2018, and, you know, some people have said, oh, well, Lamar's bought John Harbaugh all that time in Baltimore because of the fact that he was, if the Ravens did not did not make the playoffs, he was gone. You know, I, I remember talking about, like, you know, back in that year, trade scenario, you know, trading to the Dolphins and, you know, he's going to, the Ravens are going to get compensation for him. Lamar came in there and saved his job. Now I think it's the year where, look, injuries have happened these past two seasons. John Harbaugh and the Ravens have been dealt a very unlucky hand these past two years, 2021, I'd say more than 2022, but if Lamar stays healthy and it's another wild card round exit or divisional round exit, I think there will be conversations about just what to do with John Harbaugh, but John Harbaugh's coaching style, I think is definitely okay for what the Ravens are working with right now. And we will see how this Ravens team pans out as training camp again, creeps closer and closer, but that's all I have for you here today on Lockdown Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in. When we get back here tomorrow, more Ravens kind of, so be sure to stay tuned for that. I'll see you right back here tomorrow on Lockdown Ravens.